Shut up and sit down. Hey guys, what's going on? This is Beer Today, Beer Tomorrow, and we're very happy to be here at Iconic Brewery, located at 4513 34th Avenue in Astoria, Queens, New York. Uh, I'm here today with a special uh, co-host, uh, BTBT goon, uh, Justin <laughs> Pittsburgh. Justin, how you doing? Oh, I've been chilling, man. Been chilling. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, you you actually had a had a podcast in Pittsburgh uh, for a while, right? Yeah, man. Um, it was called The J. Pitt Show. It was all hip-hop. Uh, about 230 episodes. Um, you can check that out at jpitchshow.com. We have a lot of interviews on there, like Action Bronson, Danny Brown, um, Dame Funk, if you want to check that out as well. Cool, cool. So now I got you in a little bit of a different show today. We are a craft beer uh, media uh, outlet over here, so it should be, <laughs> yeah. should be a good day. Got you out here drinking with us. So, you know, I Iconic is a nano brewery fully owned and operated by the three founders and childhood friends, Sam, Bruno, and Laszlo. They've been making beer for more than a year in a 1,500-square-foot uh, production space on Northern Boulevard in Queens in the basement of the Standard Motor Products building. And uh, they just opened this uh, awesome tap room where we're at right now, I believe, in May. Uh, guys, uh, welcome to the show. How are you guys doing? Great. How are doing you great. Doing Thanks great. for having us. Uh, we'd love. We're, we're glad we're, we're finally here. It's absolutely, absolutely awesome. So, I mean, you guys, uh, you guys are Astoria uh, born and bred. You guys are childhood friends. So, you know, when did you guys first start getting into brewing? Well, I, I basically started getting into brewing uh, at an early age, um, going back and forth to Europe. My family's from Europe. All of our families are from Europe. So I spent a lot of my summers visiting Europe, visiting family, specifically in Slovakia, Czech Republic, Hungary. And, um, you know, just got into beer over there. Came back, realized I was drinking swill with my friends, and then started, <laughs> you know, just started wanting to producing beer. Um, little did I know there was a craft beer revolution going on already at 16 when you're drinking Bud. You, you don't know yeah. what else is out there. That's right. So I started, you know, I started making my own beer, and that really grew into a passion and realized that this is what I wanted to do. You know, when you're in high school, everyone says, well, what do you want to do when you grow up? started brewing beer and figured why not do this for the rest of my life. So basically went out to Oregon State University, um, <clears throat> got a bachelor's in fermentation science, and then uh, I talked to these guys about starting a brewery back back home. You know, instead of uh, getting a job in the, in the brewing industry, I wanted to come back and, and save up uh, my money, get a, get a local job over here, and um, get some buddies together and, and start a brewery. Nice, nice. So, so you mentioned you were, you were in Europe, and, and that kind of um, influenced you a bit. So what, what kind of beers and what kind of styles over there were you drinking that really kind of opened your eyes? Uh, well, mostly Pilsners. I went to one um, amazing brewery called Ufleku. They make one beer. It's like a dark lager. They've been around since, I don't know, 1400s, 1500s. The brewery's never changed, and that really opened my eyes into beer styles. I didn't know there were beer styles. I thought there was one, and right. it tasted <laughs> yeah. that's, and that's, uh, you know, and that kind of opened up my eyes to everything. Well, can I ask a question? Yeah. Okay. Um, fermentation science uh -huh. as a degree. I mean, that, that, that doesn't sound common. Is, it, is that very unique to Oregon? Like, did you decide, like, look up everywhere? Yeah. Had? So at the time, um, this is around 2008, at the time, there's only two colleges in the United States that offered this program, Oregon State University and uh, University of California in Davis. At this time, uh, the program has really expanded to more and more universities. I know um, Boulder in Colorado has a program. I think Cornell might even have a program now. Oh, wow, okay. And um, I think there might even be some programs in the Midwest. So yeah, it has expanded uh, across the nation. Okay, that's really cool. What, what, what kind of people? Is it a lot of beer heads in, the, in oh, there? Oh, yeah. Okay. Total, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I went out there, um, and we were really, <clears throat> that school was super IPA focused. They had a pilot plant, learned all about brewing different styles, but specifically being in uh, hop country, you're brewing yeah. a lot of IPAs. Got it, got it. Okay. Wow, nice. Mm. Any, any, any crazy college stories? Uh, not that I'd like to go into. <laughs> <laughs> 
So now, okay, so you come, obviously this is, this is vital to, to your, whole, your whole career trajectory, and um, you know, so you come back, you come back to Queens, so how do you get these guys on board? And what was it like, you guys, what is it like hearing, okay, you know, we're gonna open, a, we wanna open up a brewery, what was that like? Well, I sort of, I, yeah, I sort of feel like, you know, uh, because he was brewing from such an early age and, and we were all tasting the beer, we were always super interested in getting involved in, in brewing as well and, and running the business because, you know, we came from uh, families that had a, a lot of small businesses and so we always saw that as like a, a great end goal and, um, you know, we saw our, all of our families are immigrants and they came from countries where it was a little harder for people to start their own businesses. So when you see somebody coming from another country and they're able to succeed and make their own small businesses, it, it drives you to do the same. Absolutely. It's just kind of like a natural progression for yeah. you guys. So Bruno, what did you think when you heard about it? Like, you know, getting into this brewing thing, I know, you know, it's, it's a big step. It's, it's, it's definitely, uh, um, uh, work of something you do for passion. It's it's uh, it's definitely high risk, but you know if you make good beer, the you know and you build it, they will come, so to speak. So what did you think about when you first heard about this? I was overjoyed to work with my my two best friends here. Uh, my uh, I was always interested in the science behind it as well, and so I always had tons of questions for Sam. Sam got me into home brewing. Me and Laszlo, uh, we've been doing our test batches for more than three years together uh, in our space, testing out new equipment. All of our classic recipes went through at least five or six different revisions uh, just to get it on point. We wanted to release the best possible product because we knew that all eyes were on us. You know, brand new brewery in New York City. Yeah. We had to shine. We had to show strong for our neighborhood. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I think you guys are doing, doing a great job. I think you guys are kind of quietly one of the best breweries, um, you know, in, in not just the neighborhood, but I think in New York. You guys do a lot of uh, great beers. I remember I was first introduced to you guys. It was, I think, Queen's Beer Week two years ago. Mm -hmm. And you guys, if I'm not mistaken, you, you guys were doing a black IPA. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was, that, that stood out to me. That, that was one of my favorite beers that I had the, enti like the entire Queen's Beer Week. And ever since then, I was like, yeah, I'm going to look out for these guys. I want to see what else these guys are coming up with. Well, we were literally, we were literally open for two weeks at that point. During that beer festival that year, we had just got our license. And we were so excited that, you know, we wanted to go out and start selling beer right away and we, we just made the cut for Queen's Beer Week so we were super excited about that and the cool thing about it was that this year we were opening up the tap room and uh, you know with all the licenses and everything we weren't sure you know when exactly we would open and it was I believe the week of Queen's Beer Week that Wednesday we finally got our final license to open up this location and then we just let everybody know you know, Queen's Beer Week this year as our tap room opening. So it was kind of like a cool, you know, year going from opening to now having a, you know, look the tap room. Yeah, cool. So a lot happening, a lot, a lot going on. So sure. I, I got to ask, I mean, you guys are obviously really good friends, childhood friends, but you're also business partners. What's that like balancing? Because I can tell you just when working with some of my buddies on Beer Today, Beer Tomorrow, and I, they, you know, I, I can be a prick sometimes, and, you know, they, they get on my fucking nerves sometimes, and, you know, how, how do you guys, you know, do, do you guys find it sometimes a little difficult to balance friendship and, and the business, or do you feel kind of like, well, you know, you guys just kind of work very well together, and that's not really so much of an issue? Where's well, perfect? <laughs> yeah, I, no. yeah. I, absolutely. I think it's more like brothers and three friends. Yeah, yeah exactly. always, we always argue. We always, you know, have go into arguments. But at the end of the day, we're always moving towards the same goal. Right. Um, so, you know, we might have a disagreement, but it's never a big enough deal where we're mad at each other after 24 hours. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. So, so, so no fist fights. No. Fist no. Fights. Not, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Yeah. But it can be difficult to name a beer. I'll just say that. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have a. Uh, we have different uh, styles, so I, I would say that create, you know, yeah. creating something is tough when we have three different opinions coming from three different. And then at times, you know, you kind of get to a place where you're like, you know, okay, that th that beer name is good, and sometimes you need somebody to tell you, no, that beer name is not good. Let's keep <laughs> let's keep going. Okay. <laughs> All right. 
Well, I mean, speaking of which, so we got some some flights here. Do you guys want to kind of tell us what you what you guys line up for us? Yeah. So pretty much we have an entire Saison flight, and that's really um, kind of showing you who we are and who we started out with, uh, started out as. So we're starting with Saison Calypso. That's our dry hop Saison. It's part of a rotational series. Um, before this Calypso, we brewed a Citra dry hop Saison and a Bravo dry hop Saison. Next beer is Proper Burial. <clears throat> that is our Saison ferment or aged on a mix of berries, blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, strawberries. Um, then we have our Jalapeno Saison aged on uh, whole jalapenos as well as mangoes. Um, and then lastly, we have our Vex 12.8% stout fermented with Saison yeast, um, aged on cacao, a uh, bunch of different adjuncts, cinnamon, oak. Oh, wow. I'm excited. But all fermented with yeah. the same Saison yeast. Okay. Like, where, where does the inspiration come, like, to say, like, okay, jalapenos, what you want to go for? Oh, culinary, you know, yeah. you know food. Yeah, I actually, I, I don't even remember. How did the jalapeno one come about? Yeah, see, sometimes, <laughs> I don't know, sometimes it just happens. We like, constantly visit the taqueria next door. Maybe yeah. That's So um, obviously, this is you know, th this has been you guys, your journey. It's still going, but um, you know, what have you guys found the most challenging so far in trying to get whole, you know iconic brewing off the ground? Well, initially, it was probably um, finding the right location because we were always from the idea of, of organic growth. We didn't want to ramp up our you know, sign a lease for a huge space before we felt comfortable where the business could sustain that. So we, we wanted to start small enough and in New York City sometimes it could be tough to find a space that has all the things you need in it and is small enough for, for, for your comfort. So, you know, that was a, a big, big hurdle. Um, once we found the space, then obviously all the licensing behind it uh, from construction to just, uh, you know, New York's liquor authority and, and, and all that. So, but, uh, you know, I, I feel like every step along the way, we sort of, you know, you definitely grow from the experience because you, you figure out how to deal with people a little better, become a little faster at getting things done. So, must be so, uh, so rewarding sitting here right now yeah. in your tap room. I mean, it's amazing. It's it's hard enough to start any business, let alone getting into the craft beer business. But I mean, here you guys are. I mean, w well done. Thanks. Um, yeah. So you know, we took we, we got into it a little bit, but but what are some of your when you guys are brewing your beers? What are some of your inspiration? What are some of your motivations behind these beers? Well, in initially, uh, well, anyone that doesn't know us, we are uh, we started off and still are pretty Belgian focused. Um, I remember coming back from uh, OSU in the West Coast and uh, drinking all IPAs and then um, spending some time with uh, Laszlo. He, he, bought a, he bought a bunch of bottles from Saison DuPont. First time I ever experienced a Saison of that caliber and we were just amazed and ever since then we, we really dived into uh, brewing Saisons and brewing Belgian beers. And um, then we just do interesting takes on it, essentially. That's how we started. Now we are <clears throat> expanding into American styles, uh, IPAs. Everyone loves IPAs. Um, we're doing a Kolsch now. So we are expanding into uh, different styles. So what, what kind of hours are you guys looking at? Like entrepreneur hours? <laughs> <laughs> Double shift every day, seven days a week, nonstop hustle. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, cause, so currently it's just the three of us. So, you know, uh, we do everything from, you know, brewing to the tap room to sales. Distribution. To distribution. Yeah. Oh, you know, wow. we, we've even had, like, uh, you know, different distributors reach out to us. And we kind of were like, yeah, you know, uh, we just don't feel like we're ready to do that. We, we kind of want to do things on our own terms. and. And so, I mean, it's, it's probably not the easiest way to go, but right now it's, it's what we want to do. We want to focus on making our beer and making sure everything is as good as it can be. And, and you know, uh, with that comes a lot of long hours. So. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, your boy Floyd says, hard work, dedication, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, no, I, I can imagine. I mean, everywhere we go, we always talk to, to you know, folks at the brewery and putting in a lot of, of hours. Um, and, you know, it's interesting you were talking about, you know, you guys getting to American styles. So, how, you know, IPA, and I, I love IPAs, but IPA kind of seems like, you know, it's oversaturated the market. When you guys come in, how, how do you introduce folks into other styles of beers? I mean, obviously some people know who you guys are, they come here, but I'm sure you get plenty of people to just walk off the street. How do you guys kind of like influence, t- take them a little bit out of their realm? Well, honestly, I feel like I'm, I'm getting more and more people that are coming in and that are not looking for IPAs, which is you know some, somewhat refreshing, but it's, you know, a lot of people say they go to different breweries and if they don't like IPAs, they're kind of screwed, you know? Because <laughs> that's, what's, that's what's hot right now. And then in terms of like selling Saisons versus IPAs, you know, we started making more IPAs because we realized when you sit down with a beer purchaser and you, uh, you know, try to sell them on an IPA, you, you, gotta, you gotta do a lot, lot more talking. With an IPA, you crack it and uh, they're already ordering a keg. With a Saison, you have to do a lot more talking. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the, the IPAs, you know, they sell themselves. They, they kind of punch you in the face with flavor, less subtlety, and somebody sees an IPA on the menu, and, you know, they're going to order it. <laughs> it's, it's like a buzzword, really. It's like yeah. IPA. Yeah, Everyone's absolutely. into IPAs now. I mean, set, you know, session IPAs, which we make, and we use it, the term, too, but they used to be called pale ales a few, you know, a few yeah. years ago, but IPA is such a good sell word, yep. good, such a good buzzword that there's a all types of IPAs now because that's what sells. And now everything's a double dry hop, which, you know, I, yeah. I heard last week's episode, you know, and how Dan was talking about how, you know, what does that even mean? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. I thought that was pretty funny. That, yeah, and, and it's true because you see a lot of breweries um, who, uh, you know, they, they put out good beer and then when they're putting out, they're, they're, they're re-releasing a beer, they're like, oh no, this is different, this is double dry hop, so it's a special, it, it, was, it was kind of a funny moment. Um, <laughs> A funny moment on the show, but I, you know, I really, I really dig what you guys are are doing here. You know, I, even though I do enjoy IPAs, I do like. There's many other styles of beer that um, that I find very enjoyable, and and it is, you know, to your point, like that that customer who came and told you, like some places you go and there's just IPAs and there's yeah. very little other a lot options. Of customers, you know, we'll say that specifically. Um, I mean, at the same time, you know, being a brewery, I think that when people come to a brewery. You know, what they really want is that they, they want variety. So they want that IPA, but they also want a ton of different things to taste. So we, for that reason specifically, we make sure we always do have, you know, an IPA, you know, on the menu for anybody. So, I mean, recently we had the Uptown Haze, which was probably our most popular beer to date, you know, in terms of, uh, it was a New England style IPA, it was a big, you know, juicy IPA. Yeah, heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah. Now we have the guap, which is sort of a follow-up, which is, uh, you know, aged on Spanish cedar. And it's like, it's a New England style IPA, but it's not with that exact same flavor profile that everybody seems to be throwing out there. It's got a unique characteristic to it. Yeah, and we actually had, um, just you and I had that one before we hopped on the show. I, I enjoyed it. I thought that was uh, pretty well made. Oh, definitely. IPA. And, that, and that's double dry hop. <laughs> <laughs> so come down and get it. It's double dry hop. But uh, our, I think one of our more most popular beers in terms of sales has actually been the proper burial, a, non, yeah. a non-IPA. Yeah, so it, it just goes to show people come in and they want something different. And now, on this, uh, on this yeah, line, which one is that's the next? That's the next one. Flight, yeah. I'm gonna grab a taste of that. Justin, you want to grab a taste of that? Yeah. Uh, guys, cheers again. Thanks again for for letting us come down and yeah, talk yeah, to you guys. Yeah. This is awesome. Cheers. That's nice. That's refreshing. It's a really refreshing brew. It's great at converting the non-beer drinkers, <laughs> uh, and that's been another challenge for us, which is we we readily readily accept. We have lots of randoms from the neighborhood just coming in to join us, and we're excited to teach them. You know, from day one, we've always wanted to have this tap room. We wanted to educate the consumer, we wanted to show them that you know, beer is not just that piss water that Sam mentioned. Yeah. We do 12 <laughs> different lines, 12 different tastes. Uh, each one is very unique. We have a beer for every different mood, every time of day, every different person. You know, every unique way that you feel. Yeah. No, and, and that's you know, you know, we, you know. 
probably probably beaten it to death. But we, every single show, we always talk about you know craft beer is community, and and craft beer brings people together. And um, there should be a beer for every type of event, every type of every type of mood you're in. I mean, this this beer, I honestly I can see myself like on, on a hot day, I could be you know this could get me in trouble because it's it's subtle <laughs> too because it doesn't you know like you could you could drink a lot of these. Um, it's tasty, it's refreshing, and you know to your point, this would be a great beer for someone who's like, well, I don't really. You know, I'm not overly familiar with craft. What do you have? And and in a lot of those people we come across too, and they're like, oh yeah, you know, craft beer. It's like IPAs. They're very bitter, and not everyone likes that. So then it, it's it's great that you guys have these other styles that are very tasty that that um, can kind of, um, I guess you could say, convert convert people, bring them to the craft beer side. You know. There we go. Well, yeah, saisons. I mean, when it, when you really talk about easy drinking beers, I mean saisons. You know, they're dry, they, they taste much lighter than what they are a lot of times. So, you know, a Saison should definitely be able to convert many drinkers into into craft beer drinkers just off that. Yeah, and, and I think you can get a lot of the uh, wine drinkers with, with this one because there's definitely yeah. there's, there's that dry wine-like quality to this. And I think, um, you know, yeah, I think because, you know, obviously wine is pretty popular now. Um, it's always been popular, but it's it's a great way to kind of convert those people because I think the biggest thing with craft beer, I, I think um, it's impossible not to like craft beer. You may you may not like certain styles, but I think there's so there's such a diversity amongst um, the craft beer scene that that there's a beer out. I believe there's a beer out there for everyone. So I think that uh, it's just that exposure, and I think a lot of people again who aren't in. To the craft beer scene, but you know IPAs have become so strong and so and so kind of I don't want to say commercial, but but it's it's a huge buzzword that people kind of associate with like oh yeah IPAs that's that may not be their thing, but there's just a whole plethora of other styles out there. Yeah, but I mean, so I mean, I I kind of think that you like what you like, and if if you like IPAs, good for you. Drink IPAs, but you know there's definitely oh, I love beers IPAs. out there. <laughs> <laughs> so. You know, it's it's nothing against IPA drinkers. We we drink IPAs too. You know, it's just you know sometimes you don't feel like having an IPA. <laughs> no, absolutely, and it's funny because because you guys mentioned you guys, you know, were you know in Europe and different beer styles, and then of course when you were here, usually we're drinking crap beer, and you know we've all we've all been there. You know, you know I remember drinking like Oldie, Saint Ides, and all that all that crap, and. But then I remember because I, I have, um, you know, family in Europe, too, and going there, going, going to, like, Germany and, and it getting exposed to these different styles and then also coming back and then kind of getting into the Belgium style. So for me, like, it was really the German and the Belgian style beers that ended up getting me into craft beer because it's like you have a Bud and then you'll have, like, a Lambic or you'll have, you know, a Le Chouf and and it's just, you know, there's really no comparison. It's kind of like, like you said, it's kind of piss water. And then it's like you got this intense, intensely flavorful, complex brew in front of you, and um, you know it just kind of ignited a passion for for me as well for craft beer. Um, you know, obviously you guys do a lot of great beers, and and um, you know these saisons obviously are, are, are very good. Are are these some of the beers you're most proud of? Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, it's tough. I mean, yeah, they're, they're all my children. I love them. <laughs> you know? But if you have to pick one child that was better than <laughs> We all have different preferences. Yeah, I'll, de I'll definitely say that. Um, I don't know. Laszlo, do you, do you have a, a Well, I mean, it's tough because uh, <clears throat> I feel like we have some sort of uh, allegiance to our first like two flagships like High Rise and Vex because we started out with those. So we, I think, feel the closest bond to those. Sure. First <laughs> but, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know. And then the other ones, you know, you 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 love them just not as much. You know. <laughs> That's well, fair. well said. Well said. There you go. There you go. Now, what is the vision? Like, what would like like as far as like in an ideal world, like how far would you take iconic? Well, we're definitely looking to expand uh, within two years for sure. Um, hopefully within the next year, if everything works out well, uh, we plan to keep production in the city um, and, you know, possibly do more tap rooms, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, and for production space, we, we look to be moving from our current building because, you know, we're, we're definitely, we don't have that much space in that we're building. Yeah. yeah. So it looks like 
we're, we're possibly looking at moving the production space to the Bronx. You know, that's something well, that we talked about. Yeah, I mean, Queen, Queens is definitely number one. Yeah. Bronx State, Queens. Oh, yeah. Queens all day. <laughs> yeah. Queens all Bro- day, baby. Brooklyn and the Bronx, uh, because they have warehouses. Ample at, space. Ample yeah. space, and actually at a lower cost than Queens. Queens oh, yeah. is actually, in Queens terms expensive. of co- commercial cost, is much higher than Brooklyn and Bronx, from what we've seen. Just maybe, yeah. maybe not maybe not Williamsburg, but yeah, when you compare right. all of Brooklyn to all of Queens to all of Bronx, it's, it's I mean, it, in terms of, of Brooklyn, though, it's a little bit scary when you hear stories about, like, Kelso and how they had to close yeah. up their doors. Right. So, like, I kind of want to go to some place, like, you know, a little bit away from everything, you know, because mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't want my lease to be up and then they're trying to double my rent, you know, that's right. not. Well, right, did yeah. Kelso yeah, when, move to the Bronx or is that? No, no, I, what I read online right. said that they, they closed their doors and then they were going to be, I guess, contracting and then looking for a facility sometimes that. next year. But I think they were mentioning that they were thinking about the Bronx possibly, I don't yeah, know. I, I heard something like that too. I, I, I saw something on the New York State Brewers Association app um, because you, you like, uh, sent us something right like you, you were checked in yeah yeah yeah. so then i i just logged into the app and i saw kelso in the bronx so i don't know if it's official yet i'm, I'm not really sure yeah, maybe they're just uh, contracting yeah. out there now. i don't know i'm not sure either. but um you know and i i think i i read in that article i don't know knowing how articles are i don't know how true <laughs> it is but uh <laughs> You know, it said in the article that their rent went up from 20k a month to 30k a month over overnight, and that's that's a scary thought as a small business where you know that's you're trying to dollars. feed your family off of what you're making, and then you know your rent goes up like that. You it's can't crazy. you can't make a business like that, you know. Yeah. And you know, obviously, your your goal is to to make great beer, but you got to be able to live off it too. So. Yeah, of course. So uh, you know, sometimes when you look at what's available in, let's say, for instance, possibly the Bronx versus what may be available in, like, Long Island City or, you know, parts of Brooklyn, you know, it becomes much more appealing, you know? Well, absolutely. You got to do what's best for the, um, for the business, you know? Yeah. You got to do what makes the most, the most business sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, that's great to hear that you guys, you know, have that, that's the vision. You want to kind of keep, keep growing this, keep, keep, uh, keep moving it forward. With, with that said, I do have a question. So, obviously, the big craze is in, you know, cans. People, you know, I'm sure, you know, you, you obviously you guys know, like, other half people lining up at 2, 3 in the morning. Um, and, you know, other half makes phenomenal beer. I don't know personally if, if I would wait till, you know, 3 in the morning. I completely get why people do. <laughs> um, I just don't, you know, I don't know if my wife would, would allow me to do that <laughs> if I wanted to do it. But, uh, you know, the, the, the cans, it's, it's, it's very lucrative. So I kind of have a couple questions around that. But the first being, are you guys kind of eyeing any type of uh, canning, can releases in the near future? As yeah. soon as possible. Yeah, we, we've discussed, uh, and we're going back and forth, if, if we're going to purchase the canning machine or, or do as many are doing right now and get a, a mobile canner involved. Right. But we, we're, we're currently in the middle of taking steps towards making that, you know, uh, a part of our business. So... I mean, it's 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 coming probably pretty soon. That's we awesome. Yeah, we can't say you know when for sure yet, but we're definitely working on it, and uh, you know definitely I would say without a doubt, you know this year. Nice. I think, I think we got an exclusive, Justin, because yeah, there's yeah. an exclusive right there. <laughs> Iconic, going in the canning business. Love it. Uptown Hayes will probably be the first. We can't guarantee it, but it'll probably be the first out excellent i'm actually so mad that that kicked i i really was looking forward to um to have it. i heard a lot of good things about people who've had it what i've read online um it's still on top around town oh well then i gotta yeah so what, what are you guys doing after this you want to go find <laughs> exactly exactly um so i have, I have a follow-up question to that so as huge as cans are and 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 um there, there's just something about it people go out to collect a lot of people get them because they like to do beer trades so i i kind of have my own take on that but i wanted to get to hear you guys who are actually in it you know your blood sweat and tears you're actually doing the brewing what's your take on on beer trades and beer mail and stuff like that oh i'm probably the biggest beer trader of them all here uh, i found a random friend uh, on instagram who was in uh, in austin texas i've been trading for jester king for a long time now uh, on vacation i shipped beer back from russian river in uh, in cali nice 
uh, from Oregon. I shipped the whole case from Oregon, uh, Florida, you name it, any beer vacation I go on, I have to bring something back home. Usually to share with these guys, it's product research. You know, oh, yeah, it's absolutely. nothing better product than sitting research. down with your boys and discussing beers. Uh, that's kind of our inspiration as well. We, we love to sit down with someone else's product, kind of analyze it and see how we can make it iconic, how we can do it our way. Nice. You know, for uh, uh, quality control purposes, obviously, it's, it's not an uh, ideal way of drinking any beer. So, you know, when it gets shipped uh, like that through FedEx or whatever. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing because people are interested in your beer and people, people are excited about it. Yeah, they want to try your beer. So, I mean, I think that anything that helps, you know, the craft beer business as a whole, you know, I, I don't really have an issue with it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I, my, my whole thing is, is, you know, how it's shipped can, can kind, of, kind of affect the beer. But um, that aside, I mean, people, you know, are getting exposed to other types of craft beer that they can't get where they are for, you know, various reasons. And I think, to your point, like you said, anything that helps grow the craft beer business is great. That's why I do, you know, I do respect people that are online. They're waiting there. They're putting in the time. They want to get those cans because they want to, not only do they want to drink it, but they want to trade for something, you know, across the coast or wherever that you can't, that you just can't get here. And um, the whole... How it's shipped, how it's handled, that aside, it's a great way, I think, to grow, um, just to, to continue to grow the community. And it's, it's a very strong, strong part. I mean, these craft beer releases, they can get, get kind of crazy sometimes. Yeah, and I think it's kind of, you know, I'm, I'm sure it could get interesting with, you know, sometimes people getting feedback from certain markets that you might not be reaching, find out about, you know, whether or not, what the, you know, what the demand is in that market. I mean, it's an interesting thing when you really think about you know, the way that that might actually help your business at some point, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so what, uh, um, so everyone, you know, ha you guys have your favorite beers to brew. Do you guys have beers to brew that you like to brew, but it's just you find it that for whatever reason that, it, that, it's, that it's more difficult than, than other brews to brew? Like, do you have like a beer where it's like, oh, uh, you know, I want to brew it, but. Okay, really? <laughs> yeah, because it's such a it's such a big beer. Um, so much grain goes into that one. It, it's just you know, in terms of loudering, in terms of uh, you know, getting the spent grain out and, and, uh, and balancing all the flavors. Balancing all the flavors. It, it it is a tough beer to brew. Takes probably almost twice probably the time. Most, yeah, probably our most difficult beer to brew. Really? And but it's we'll, definitely a lot of love that goes into it. You guys will taste that one next. Oh, I can't wait. I, I, I've had it before, but I, but it's it's been a little bit. I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to. It. And and you know what are what are some beers that you guys brew that you feel like I right, this you got it down like there's just no no problems. I think our dry hop saisons um, are pretty popular. A because they're very drinkable. So a non uh, IPA drinker will like it because it's dry, it's drinkable, it's refreshing. Um, and it puts a little hop twist on a saison, so IPA drinkers will appreciate it. They might not, nice. you know, compare it to an IPA. It's definitely not as hoppy, but it, it's it's more nuanced. It's more balanced. It's definitely the best at converting uh, lager drinkers. We get lager and pilsner drinkers in here, traditional old school beer drinkers, and the saison calypso or our dry hop saison of the month is what I'm going to offer them first. Simple, clean, easy drinking, hoppy if you like hops. Uh, it's just got the best flavor profile to convert someone. And, you know, I, I think that that's, that's interesting that you bring that up because I think um, a lot of craft beer styles, they're delicious, they're flavorful. Um, and, and not to go back to the IPAs again, the double IPAs again, but, you know, I, I think what, what brewers now are, are looking for is that, that beer that's flavorful that you can keep drinking. Like, IPAs are great. I, I can't, you know, I'm not going to sit here and drink an IPA for like five, you know, three hours, whatever. I, I want a beer <laughs> that I can session, that I can drink, that I can enjoy, that's still flavorful, but I can, you know, I, I, I can still function while, while, I'm, while I'm drinking it. And I think that that's the step, that's the key to kind of converting those other people. Because you could drink some of these commercial brands all day. I mean, it's, it's, they're flavorless, you know, it's, it's like kind of like a flavored um, water type substance, but, you know, you, you could drink it all day and, and, be functional for the most part, and I think that that you know that that's or what I'm saying. 
semi-functional, semi-functional. And I think uh, a flavorful beer that that you can just throw back, and you know that that's that's the big thing. I think when when the craft brewers, st- and, and there are some beers like that, but I think when when they get more kind of popular, more introduced to the masses, I think you know it's just it's just to me it's just, it's not a if it's a when. I think people are just going to gravitate more and more and more and more to, to craft beer because it's you know you want flavor you're you're, you're paying your money you want to you want to drink something that's that's tasty it's like and it's also like you know you, again back to the community you're creating memories when you when you go out to places you're drinking beers usually with friends or you know and and you're really kind of uh, um you know you want an experience when you come out to drink that's that's kind of how i look at it i mean the most undeniable thing about craft beer seems to be that the majority of people that try craft beer that at least i've spoken to seem to never really go back. So that's, I feel like, a, a strong feather in the cap of, uh, you know, the craft beer community because, you know, it's it's about the beer, it's about the flavor, and it's, you know, it's, it's it really is a community. It's about and the it, people behind it, yeah. Yeah. like us. We're here sitting here talking about it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, so in the end, I mean, but I feel like most people that, that try craft beer, you know, they don't really start drinking Bud Light after that, or they don't at one point go, I don't drink craft beer anymore. Like, that doesn't really happen. Right, right. Yeah. W- yeah. With that said, when was the last time you guys drank, quote unquote, piss water? Well, actually, <laughs> not too long ago for me, because, uh, you know, I often have, uh, you know, groups of people over, and, uh, you know, some people end up bringing these, you know, not so good beers, sure, and sure. then they drink all my beer, and then, they, <laughs> and then they leave that beer in the fridge, and then you know after it's been sitting there for forever, I'm like, I just gotta drink this, you know, <laughs> it's a hot day. You're like, I guess I'll have it, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you know you gotta you gotta make an exception every once in a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. How about you guys? Probably. I mean, it's summertime now. Laszlo said to, to his point, now that it's summertime, you're going to a lot of parties, everyone's bringing different beers, you kind of just put your hand in the cooler, what do you get? You try and put it back, <laughs> well, what's the next beer you pull out? Same shit, so I, 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 <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't think of exactly when, but it wasn't that long ago, I don't think. I mean, I, I have to solidly say, though, in my defense, I haven't purchased yes, that's beers. True. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. That's fair. That's totally fair. It has to be Wow. Yeah. wow, that's fair. Okay. Bruno? Oh, for me, it's always quality over quantity. <laughs> I'd rather have, you know, a great 8% beer, you know, and just enjoy it than rather have, like, a whole six-pack. I uh, used to be that six-pack drinker. It was you, guys, you really put us to shame right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, for me, it was always, I used to drink Stella. I used to drink uh, Sierra Nevada. That's kind of what got me into the whole craft scene. Uh, and it was six pack a night, but then you know why drink all that? It doesn't you know it doesn't give you a memory. You don't really enjoy. You don't savor it. You know I'd rather have one of our beers any day. What even, was the last time you drank a Zivietz? That, that used to be our go-to back in the day. <laughs> the Polish beer that Polish went down beer. like water. <laughs> it's been a while, huh? Oh, yes. <laughs> well, it's dirt cheap, and, you know, if that's your thing, you know, I've never drank on an entire 40. I'm proud to put that on record. You, know. you never did the Edward 40 no. hand? No. no. Oh. I, I always went for a six-pack of import beer. That was always my thing. Okay. Yeah. And we always used to love to go to the Bohemian Beer Hall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's where we really kind of got our exposure to different worldly styles. <coughs> uh, we've been going there since we were kids. Sam went to Slovak school there. Yeah, and I actually, back in the day, uh, you know, I they used to have gymnastic classes during the week. And when I was like uh, seven years old, uh, we used to go there for gymnastics. It's a, it's a European thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was inside. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy that, you know, when I tell people about, you know, everybody knows Bohemian Hall. And you tell people that, yeah, when I was a kid, I did gymnastics <laughs> there. And everybody's like, what? Like, they, they did that? Our parents would get drunk and we'd <laughs> <fucking> twirl around. <laughs> that is yeah, speaking that is of the Bohemian fun. Hall, to put it all for full circle, we'll be pouring there this weekend. Sam will be on hand uh, pouring at the Craft and Imports Festival, sponsored by Pilsner Arkell. That's right. That's right, yeah. That's, um, and, and tickets are still available for that now, right? I, yes. I believe so, and I think it's just a donation of your choice. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but I, I think that's what it 
this. Awesome. What are you guys going to be pouring there? Um, the plan is to do our dry hopped Kolsch uh, and our Saison Calypso. Um, it might change. Still need to discuss, finalize, but that's the plan right now. Nice, nice. So what do you guys t uh, think about this new, uh, th this, this craft uh, brewer seal uh, that's going on? I read recently that the... Um, the Brewers Association it's announced there's a new. That it's independent. So yeah, it's, it's basically. If you're an independent brewer. Right, right. So, so I read actually because it only really happened a couple of weeks ago, and then since it's happened, um, there's been a lot of momentum around it. I think they're saying more than than a thousand two hundred and fifty brewing companies kind of jumped on it, which is which kind of comes up to about a quarter of all uh, American craft brewers, and they're they're um, they're, they're kind of getting on it. They're going to put it on their their their. The artwork on their labels of their of their cans and bottles and um, basically it, it, it just says okay you know we're independent you know we're independent brewers. I was just wondering what, you know what you guys think about uh, about that. I, I think it's great. I mean we are extremely proud to be um, wholly owned and independently operated. Um, we have been very resistant in the past to even take private investment. We really have a lot of pride in owning our brand, our company. Um, and being able to run it without any outside forces telling us what we can, what we can't do. Yeah. Um, We're literally the three <laughs> owners. There's nobody else no involved. One, no one has given us and, any money. Wow. And wow. as the three owners, Respect. you know. People like have helped us. I yeah. want to thank those people. <laughs> uh, so people have definitely helped us. But um, in terms of, you know, direct financial consideration, um, no one has invested. Yeah, so, you know. As the three owners, you know, we're all still cleaning kegs and doing <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we're all about that. And also, you know, not to name names, there's, I'm sure the reason why this came about is because there's a lot of craft, mm -hmm. so-called craft brewers, and yep. they make craft beer, um, but they're owned by, um, or they're a subsidiary of a larger corporation. Right. Right. So I'm 100% behind that. So you know who's independent and who's not. I agree. It, I, I think it might not. Thing. It might not mean I'll never buy that beer. It just. It's good to know. Yeah, I think it's like it's like another way to just give props to those, yes. to those smaller, uh, um, you know, those smaller companies that are that are brewing it that are really taking on all the risk to brew the beer. And, and that's not to say that some of these other guys who are making craft beer but are owned by a bigger corporation that they're not making good beer because because right. some of them are. But I mean, it's it's so. you know. You're some, some, <laughs> not all, not most, but some. Um, but I mean, you guys are really, literally, you know, what, not to make this overly dramatic. But I mean, you guys are putting your 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 life on the line here because you guys are assuming the risk here. So I mean, I think, and and there's there's a lot to be said about that. I, I completely um, respect that, and I think that's something that should be that should be lauded. Um, so with with that said, so what would you guys, you know, if you could kind of describe the philosophy. Of iconic, like what? What would that be? Like what? What you know? If you were pitching that elevator pitch about who icon, you know, who who's iconic, what's iconic, where's iconic going? What, what what's that? You know, what is it? Wait, can I ask you a question before that? Like like that kind of leads into that. Go ahead, go ahead. Like what is the origin of the name iconic? Like who came up with that? That's a good question. Yeah, I actually uh, <laughs> I came up with that, but okay. I mean it was after. I mean, we came up with names, came name names like uh, came and went, and it was a long process. And then finally, you know, when we came up with the name, which I I gotta say, I love the name, but you know, as many times as I have to answer that at the tap room, it's <laughs> Ico NYC. I mean, <laughs> I mean, and then I gotta go, yeah, you know, everybody makes the mistake, you know. <laughs> so, but uh, you know, I mean, I gotta say, I, I love the fact that we're representing the entire city. You know, everybody's claiming their little corner of the city, and and I, I feel like you know we're trying to represent the city as a whole, and uh, you know, the fact that we're all originally from here, Queens. You know, literally, uh, we we the three of us grew up uh, two blocks from the tap room where we're sitting right now, wow. you know. Okay. I, I, I go outside and I could see my apartment that, you know, I was in when I was a kid. So right. it's kind of awesome. crazy. Love the Astoria love, Queens love. love hey, he's a Queens guy. I, I hear about this all day. Like, yeah. hey, Queens, 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 Queens. I'm like, okay. Yeah. But uh, but uh, I guess uh, go, go to going to your question, like what would be the elevator pitch? 
Right, the tough ones, guys. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. I mean, no pressure. <laughs> you know, uh, we, we obviously, you know, make quality beer. And, uh, I mean, our focus is to be in the city and to always be in the city and make beer in the city for the people of the city. That's yeah. really what our name represents. That's what we're about. Um, that's why I came back from Oregon because Oregon was already becoming saturated with craft beer and they're still growing, which is amazing. Um, but at the time when I was coming back from Oregon, single cut didn't even open yet. You know, right. that, that's amazing how, especially in Queens, but the city as a whole really blew up. Um, and I mean, when you look at our label, see that like the center of our, our label is iconic obviously our logo but right around that you can see that if you look closely that those are the streets actually surrounding our brewery and um, as it moves further away from the center of the logo it's the roots that go out into you know the the uh, I guess the the farms and and the farmlands that all our ingredients come from so uh, you know the breweries in the city it's gonna stay in the city, and uh, we'll always be making you know quality beer for the people of the city. So, okay, so awesome. it'll never be Ico CT. Is what we're saying. We'll say Ico PA. Ico PA. There you go. Ico PA. There you go. Um, no, good, good. I, and I think you know you you guys, you know you you guys make really good beers. I've always been intrigued about you guys. I feel like. There's a lot of good breweries in Queens, and I think, um, you know, in all honesty, I think you guys are, are one of the best. Um, you know, you guys, I, in my opinion, you guys are right up there with the single cuts, with the LIC beer projects. Uh, you guys, you know, and, and another thing that I love about the beer scene is that they're really, they're really amongst breweries. There, there's, you don't really see, like in other businesses, you see businesses trying to take each other down, but, they, but it's, it's just like, again, it speaks to the community. It's just like everyone's supportive of each other. Everyone is, is you know, uh, kind of in this together. And that's a beautiful thing to see because each of these breweries that we're naming, they're, they're, they're quite different breweries. You're gonna get different beers, different takes on styles, and there's no reason why you can't be a fan of all these breweries and you can't just choose, you know, I'm gonna go one night, I'm gonna go here, I'm gonna go to Single Cut, I'm gonna go to LIC, and then I'm gonna go to Rockaway, I'm gonna come to Iconic, and it's, it's, it's great, that beer culture, and, and it, you, you touched on it, that's kind of like exploding. I mean, there's only what, like maybe 30, you know, something like breweries in all of, you know, in New York? It's, it's, it's 30 some odd production breweries, yeah. 30 some odd production breweries, Where yeah. in New York City or? In New York City, yes. In, yeah, and, and if you look at other, like if you take like San Diego or places like that, I mean it's like fifty or sixty yeah. per city. Per per you city, know. right, right. We're so a very tight knit group here in Queens. We're friends with everyone. We point our customers there, they point our, their customers here. You know, like you said, everyone has their own flavor, their own personality. Uh, there's room for everybody else. You know, try our beer, try their beer. Uh, we love people that come in on a bike tour. Yeah. People love to do bike tours of all the Queens breweries in oh, a day, cool. oh, cool. uh, trying to set a new record if they can do all, you know, 15, 20, 30 production breweries in New York. Nice. Yeah, we, yeah. Had, we had a group of people a couple of weeks ago that jogged all the way from uh, Gun Hill Tavern what? in the Bronx. And then, <laughs> and then I think that they said <laughs> that they were, jog. <laughs> I think they were still going, I, either to Long, I think Long Island City after that. So. I mean, uh, it's 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 cool to see to see stuff like that, definitely. And you know, like Bruno said, everybody seems to send everybody all around. And you know, when we opened, a lot of the guys from different breweries stopped by, and it was super nice to, to get the support of everybody in the community. So, you know, craft beer is a community, and it's a great one to be a part of. Absolutely. Well, with that said, like, well, what what are some of your guys' favorite beers and breweries that are that aren't you guys? In terms of uh, the city, um, Bruno just, uh, I guess, sort of recently went to uh, Rockaway. He brought back some uh, Rockaway lager. I think, what is it, American lager? And that kind of touches on your point uh, earlier that craft brewers are starting to lean more towards the uh, drinkable beers and beers that provide flavor but endless enjoyment as well. Mm -hmm. So I really loved... Um, Recent memory, Rockway uh, Lager, delicious beer. It's good beer. Great beer while you're brewing too. <laughs> it's hot and sweaty. 
<laughs> nice. What about you guys? Yeah, I mean, I would say that the, the, the great thing about, um, about the craft beer scene is that I, I don't think you need to stand online to get a good beer. You know, and that's, that's the Free. important thing is that, you know, I feel like when you, when you go to a lot of breweries, you know, you could get that juicy IPA if that's what you're looking for. You don't need to go stand in line for six hours. If you want to, go ahead. I, I won't be there. But, uh, you know, I mean, you, you go over to Single Cut, you go to LAC Beer Project, you go to Rockaway, Big Alice, Transmitter, you know, all those breweries you could get an amazing beer at. Definitely check it out. I agree. Okay. I agree completely. Bruno? Oh, I'm, I'm inspired by all the beers all around town. <laughs> uh, LIC Beer Project definitely stands out. I've got some great friends over there. Uh, their IPAs in a can are some of the best. Uh, Finback puts out great beer, single mm -hmm. cut. Uh, Transmitter always gives us a bottle whenever I stop by. Uh, it's nice to sample something from everybody. Absolutely. And they're always so, you know, giving. That's the best thing about it. Yeah, it's a good group. I was actually just at Finback um, the other day for the... Um, at the night of their release, we had a few few beers there. And I like what they're doing. They're doing definitely doing good stuff. And I was at the single cut release too, which was also um, pretty tasty. Pretty tasty beers. San City also out Long Island. Yeah. If you've tried San City, yes. Great San City, yeah. I also um, out in Long Island. I actually, uh, it's funny. I recently did a beer trade with with my pops. He was um, he. My, my parents live out um, now. They live out way out in Long Island, and he he's pretty close to where Greenport Brewery is. And they actually did a triple can release about uh, I want to see I want to say maybe two weeks ago. So I, I I gave him some single cut. He gave me some of the Greenport, and, and it's great to see the Long Island breweries too. I mean, they're doing some they're doing some interesting things out on the island. Mm -hmm, the, um, can't be can't be ignored. They're making some good some good beers out there. Um, so. Switching gears a little, is, is you guys have any new brews in the works that you guys are working on that's coming out soon? Any new releases that you guys can talk about? Well, I mean, just this uh, this past week, we brewed um, a Thai basil saison that we're we're working on. Uh, you know, working out the details of that, but you know, we like to make some some definitely some interesting saisons uh, specifically because you know saisons. They provide a great base for a lot of adjuncts and, and stuff like that. So um, we definitely like to mix it up because you know you put an IPA out and then sometimes you got to mix it up with something kind of crazy just to break it up. So yeah. that that Thai basil is definitely going to be coming out soon, and I I anticipate it's going to be pretty awesome. Also, the gold standard, which is a huge hit here, we can't even keep it on lot you know on draft at all times because we don't have enough of it sour uh, we just can't make enough of it because we have to age it for so long so that's in the fermenter ready uh, for bottling so we're ready to go as soon as we get the the label printed we're gonna bottle that so keep an eye out nice. for, for the bottle release yeah that, that should probably be out um, early August so the the gold standard in 500 milliliter bottles definitely keep an eye out for it excellent then that's that's again that's early August yeah late August August. 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 <laughs> Watch out for iconic dropping in the bottle in August. <laughs> so uh, this, this is kind of a loaded question, but uh, right now, uh, and it kind of piggybacks off your question. So what, what are what right now? What's some of the beers? Uh, a beer that you guys drink that's not your own. That's really like you're, you stop and you're just like, okay, wow, like this is a really well-made beer. That's very enjoyable. Are there, you guys have any of those? I'm sure you must, but is there any beers you guys want to mention? Outside of your own, actually, which, again, shameless plug, iconic, great brewery. They're fucking awesome. Please do come out. If you've not come out yet, come out to 4513 34th Avenue, Astoria, Queens. Queens all day, baby, Queens. And uh, pay them, a, pay them a, uh, a visit because they're making great, great beer. But um, beyond your beer, which is very good, are there beers that are making you guys stop and you're like, wow, like this is something special. Maybe not New York beers too. Doesn't have to be yeah, any. Doesn't, doesn't have, have to be, be any New York, York beer. Oh, we can't wait to adapt our, our gold standard sour. Uh, we want to add, you know, add different fruits to it, uh, similar to the proper burial, and then age that in wine barrels. Uh, I'm really impressed Ooh. with, you know, Russian River, the best barrel blending sours in the country, for sure. Yeah. Jester King is up there. Uh, Degard in Oregon. 
Uh, so many great breweries are barrel aging. We can't wait to get into a next, our next facility and grow with the barrel program. Uh, barrel aged are vexed stout and whiskey barrels, tequila barrels. Uh, that's kind of the future of where beer is going right now. It's what everybody wants. Awesome. That's what kind of builds the hype and puts the line around the door. Yeah, yeah, and and shameless plug for shameless plug for beer, t- beer tomorrow. Our last blog that dropped last week was actually about barrel aged beer. So if you want to check that nice. out, www.beertodaybeertomorrow.com. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something we want to focus on in the future: is sour beers and like like Bruno mentioned, uh, one of the big brewers making a great sour beer is New Belgium La Folie. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's a great beer. Actually, is there something? Um, you got you got a special beer? I was hoping I didn't have to go to. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, a, a lot of different stuff. W- what do we have? We had that uh, that uh, LIC beer uh, project Rook the other week. That was really good. Uh, Did you, you guys know. have their pile of crowns when that came out a few months back? I actually didn't have it then. Did you guys? Pile of Crowns, the Hollows, yeah, Hollows the Higher yeah. Burning, they're yeah. all excellent ideas. Excellent, yeah, absolutely. What was that uh, Finbad coconut beer? That was amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh so that was Smooth Beats Miami? Yeah, that was delicious. That's a good that beer. Yeah, yeah, that beer. was, that was Yeah, you know, you, you don't think that, at least for me, I don't think that, oh, yeah, beer and coconut would make would make a good mix. But then you try, and you're like, wow, this, this is actually pretty good. Hmm. It's actually not, not bad. Yeah, Smooth Beats Miami. Shout out to Finback. Um, so guys, is, is there anything else that um, you guys can share? Anything you want to you want to promote? Um, you know, obviously you guys got the website, iconicbrewing.com. Wait, wait I, I have one. I have one question. No, no, go, go ask as many um, as you want. All right, so I'm about the drama. Here, what is the most overrated beer that everybody talks about to you guys? Oof. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know question. if we could do that. That's a good you know? question. That's a good question. <laughs> that's going I'll like that. Uh, no? No, that's like, you know, that's like a reality show. Yeah. <laughs> I don't okay. want to start no, that's you know. That's a tough one for them to answer. McGregor versus Mayweather. <laughs> McGregor Mayweather. Well, that we can talk about. That that's, we can talk, what, we can talk about. That's McGregor what happens when you're used to making, you know, a rap a podcast. You know? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> you, it, it comes straight from there, too. I'll be like, hey, who's the most overrated rapper? <laughs> Scene's a little different. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. P- I, in the craft beer scene, people wouldn't go on record, but they, they, you know, yeah, you give them a few, they'll tell you. You know. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's and look, there, of course, there's, there's definitely, without naming any names, there, there's some beers that are overrated. But it also boils down, I think, to your palate. I mean, you know, one person could try one beer and be like, "Wow, this is amazing." Give the exact same beer to somebody next to them, they'll be like, "Eh, this is okay." So. It's, uh, it depends on your palate. It also depends on what you, you know, what was going on that day, what you were doing right before you came here. You know, sure. it's a lot of, sure. a lot of variables. But uh, yeah, for sure, there, I think there's some. Obviously, there's some breweries that are overrated, and, and there's a lot that are underrated, um, and that don't get the exposure that they they probably should. Um, get the very positive. I try, I try to keep it positive. Look, we're, we're, we're drinking beer. Beer is positive. Beer, beer is positive. Beer is positive. So, guys, what, what are your, um, your, your taproom hours again? Uh, they are Tuesdays and Wednesdays, 4 to 10. Fridays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, 4 to 10. Fridays are 4 to midnight. Saturdays are uh, noon to midnight. And Sundays are noon to 8. So, so one of you works all those times, or...? Yeah, I mean, we, we've been rotating more now through that, but uh, for a while there it was me alone, but now you could uh, come down to the brewery and spend some time with Bruno and his beard, so. Yes. Okay. Yes, Taking mean, the beer every other awesome. weekend. <laughs> this weekend we'll have uh, my cousin DJing for the first time here. Oh, nice. Oh, that's very cool. Nice. What kind of, what kind of music you guys uh, playing? <laughs> Uh, These guys are laughing over here. <laughs> and then We're just laughing because <laughs> we had no idea about this. <laughs> oh, this is a BTBT exclusive. There's another exclusive. Let's <laughs> throw some extra promo out there. Bruno has clever ways of filling us in on information like that. Saturday, 8 p.m. Don't miss it. <laughs> we have to discuss this. <laughs> awesome. So you guys are going to have some music going on here, apparently. Nice, 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 nice. Um... So, um, yeah, you know what, I guess you, you, you want to you go around the room, uh, just totally off the craft beer topic, uh, Floyd or McGregor? 
I'm, I'm interested in talking about this. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're, we're both fight fans, so like we, we, we sit and argue about this all day. Uh-huh. All yeah. day. It's yeah. terrible. It's it's terrible. If you well, get, I if think you the start. important thing to to think about is that when's the last time Mayweather had a fight? You know, where's the drop off? When does he get old? You know, because I think when you really think about it, nobody's seen him in, in quite a while. You know, so everybody's on that. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I'm not that big of a boxing fan, so you know, you guys say that you've seen this a hundred times before, where he tricks you guys. You know, he's fooled me many times. So yeah. if that's if that's like a thing that I'm just not you know in the loop on, then you know I, there might be something to that. But like I said before, I think you know McGregor's got a horseshoe up his ass, so. You can never bet against that, you know. I'll, or, s- I'll say you this, can, you but I, I hope you guys are right, or I hope at least you're <laughs> yeah, right. I, I hope I, McGregor wins. I like, would love yeah. for McGregor to win, yeah. but I've la- last time Floyd fought was a couple of years ago against Pacquiao. I thought the fight was closer than what the judges had it, but Floyd won. Um, it's just a Floyd hustle. He he's he's the greatest defensive fighter. Um, probably ever he he to the he what he does is brilliant but to the casual or the neutral it's extremely fucking boring mm-hmm. there's a lot of kind of jab and running and hugging and it kind of breaks up the flow of the fight and, it, and it's fairly dull and my whole point is some of the greatest fighters in um, the last you know decade two decades have tried and failed miserably and <laughs> Connor without an amateur background I think he's going to get his ass kicked. Um, yeah, yeah, my two cents. Yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, like I said earlier uh, before the podcast, just that, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, McGregor doesn't need to do much to really win, and I think that the conversation after the fight is going to be, like, the theme is going to be, wow, he did way better than we thought he was. Because, well, you know, everybody right now is sort of writing him off. At there's least, a good chance of that. You know, so I think that that's going to be that's gonna be the conversation afterwards. Whether or not he wins or he loses, I think he's going to put on a good show. Uh, you know, he's been known to do that. So. Well, he shows up, he makes $60 million. So either way, I, I, don't, I don't see how he loses. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know. But, but I will say as a betting person with money, if, if Connor was boxing in amateur, I'd bet on amateur. That, that's how I. That's how I yeah, feel. Like, yeah. like how but I mean, if you're a changes. betting person, you definitely wouldn't, you know, bet on Mayweather. Because I mean, what are the odds? You, you bet on the underdog. You know, if you're if you're you if you're a bet betting more money person, because you're betting, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like so I mean, you know, you you pick the 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 uh, the guy on the card that you think might be the upset, and I think that you know the the only upset in that is is McGregor. It, you know? it, it could be an upset. I I just. Like the, it would be the greatest sports moment of all time. Oh, I mean, he right. would be, like be bigger. He would be bigger than anybody else in fighting yeah. ever I if mean, he wins. But I, I'm I'm from Pittsburgh. Like we had the immaculate reception happen there, right? Like <laughs> like that would be like three of those. <laughs> like that's how I feel about Conor winning. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and, it and, would I, be and I hope it wins. Like I, I would I would go crazy. I hate Floyd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I dislike him. No, yeah. no, that's true. Do you, do you yeah. think Mayweather will drag out the? to make it look close, well, he, to, 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 so. to, to push for a fight, too, and make even more money? No. no. They wouldn't have a fight, we, we, too. We've if, talked if about lost. If no, May, no, not if no, Mayweather if lost. Even if, even if Mayweather loses, oh, yeah, no, no, sorry, my bad. That's what I meant, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I no. feel the only way it could be close is this if... This is a moneymaker, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's, oh, that's oh, all it is. They're saying that Floyd could make anywhere between 150 to $200 million. I, so, which I mean, if he was re- if it was really like you know all all about, I mean, he would never sacrifice his his legacy. But I mean, if he lost, that rematch would be crazy. No, he he It'd would never. If, if if we're if we saying <laughs> this insane. is like a WWE WWE kind of like you know, Roddy Roddy Piper Superfly Jimmy Snuka <laughs> type of thing, he wouldn't lose. But he, he would, would drag it out. He, he would make it, it closer exactly. than what it needed to be for people to have that question. Like, wait a minute. Maybe I will pay another hundred dollars to go see this. I mean, that's, ma- that's possible because Floyd Floyd is not the best boxer ever, but and he's certainly not not an exciting boxer. But he's the smartest boxer slash businessman that's ever that's that's ever boxed. But if he tried to pull something like that, like where he was like playing some sort of game and not really focusing on fighting, then he'd be risking, you know, McGregor coming in in the late round. 
and landing a punt. You know, I don't think that he's – I think that he's he's smart enough not to risk something. That's crazy. I, I agree. I think he's just going to go out there and embarrass McGregor. I think he's just going to try to – he's going to box circles around him. I mean, this guy – Do we have a bet here? I, I'm, I'm willing to bet that, that Floyd's going to box. I, I don't even like Floyd. I respect Floyd. Sure. I don't I, like I respect Floyd, too. I said I, hate, I dislike him. I, but I, I, I dislike him a lot. I, I yeah. think he's, you know, a lot of the things that he does. He's uh, a good family man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Terrific family man. Uh, which was funny the day Connor was wearing the the jersey of, of the player, um, the basketball player, I think it was C.J. Watson, who um, when he was showing up to his training camp, and that player was a player who texted Floyd's, I guess his his baby mama, and then his he found out about, and then he ended up kind of doing what he did to get himself incarcerated. So I thought that was. I'll say this: it's been. It, you don't have to like MMA. You don't have to like boxing. You don't have to like any of that to to enjoy the build up to this fight. And to make sure you get some craft beer before the fight. <laughs> you absolutely yeah. need. You, you have up on iconic. <laughs> you Bring have, your growlers over. You have a lot of time to plan. You guys should should if you're in the Queens area, stock up on iconic. Yeah. Just speak about fights. Like, I'm going to come to your house for the Triple G. We'll have to. Yeah, we'll, we'll have we'll, to get that's some a real fight. Yeah, yeah, that's a real yeah, fight. Yeah. Triple G Triple against G, uh, Canelo. Yeah, that, that's a real fight. But um, <laughs> so uh, uh, we we kind of sidebarred a little there. But um, <laughs> so guys, a- anything else that you would like to tell us about Iconic? Anything anything that you'd like to share with the audience? Um, anything that they should know about you guys um, and how awesome you guys are? Anything you want to share? The floor is yours. Uh, I, I kind of feel like we covered it all. I mean, if I... <laughs> we, we got into it. I, I would pretty much just say, if you haven't tried, just give us a try, and you'll, you'll like what you taste. Yeah, Not definitely. Simple. Give it a shot, you know. Come by the tap room, get a flight, try a little bit of everything. We have, you know, currently we have 12 beers on tap, and we do uh, uh, bottle pours as well. Uh, so we have a lot to offer over here, and, you know, come by. Awesome. Justin, any parting thoughts? Um, I had a good time this evening. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to – I had a good – that's all I got to say. So, yeah, that's good that's enough. Good, Guys, yeah. thank you so much for uh, letting, allowing Beer Today, Beer Tomorrow to come down to the iconic tap room. Have a few beers with you guys. You guys, uh, you know, like I said, ever since the first time I tried you guys, two years ago I tried the beers you guys had at that uh, Queens uh, Beer Fest uh, opening bash. I mean, I've been kind of hooked ever since, and uh, it's been long overdue for me to kind of show up here, but believe me, you'll be seeing a lot more of me and and the rest of the BTBT crew. So, guys, thanks so much, and uh, keep doing what you're doing. You guys make good beer. We'll keep drinking it. Beer Today, Beer Tomorrow, and we'd like to thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Stay tuned for episode 25 featuring the Brewers Collective from Bayshore, New York, coming soon. Quick disclaimer note, Mayweather's last fight was not versus Pac-Man, it was versus Andre Berto, but you can excuse me for not remembering that lopsided snooze fest. It was trash. Not that the fight with Pac was that much better. But anyway... Check out our blog, podcasts, and more at www.beertodaybeertomorrow.com. Follow the Craft Beer Odyssey on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Let us know what you think about the episodes and tell us which breweries you want us to feature. Hey, you never know. We may just feature them. Drink local, drink fresh, repeat. Thanks so much for the love and support, and we'll be talking to you soon. Cheers.